Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today takes us into Psalm 17, a prayer of David. Hear a just cause, O Yahweh, attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. From your presence let my vindication come. Let your eyes behold the right. You have tried my heart. You have visited me by night. You have tested me and you will find nothing. I have purposed that my mouth will not transgress. With regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, I have avoided the ways of the violent. My steps have held fast to your paths. My feet have not slipped. I call upon you, for you will answer me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my words. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior of those who seek refuge from their adversaries at your right hand. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. From the wicked who do me violence, my deadly enemies who surround me. They close their hearts to pity. With their mouths they speak arrogantly. They have now surrounded our steps. They set their eyes to cast us to the ground. He is like a lion eager to tear, as a young lion lurking in ambush. Arise, O Yahweh, confront him, subdue him, deliver my soul from the wicked by your sword. From men by your hand, O Yahweh, from men of the world whose portion is in this life, you fill their womb with treasure. They are satisfied with children, and they leave their abundance to their infants. As for me, I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. This is the word of the Lord. It's interesting to consider just when King David might have written this particular psalm, this particular prayer. He's crying out that the Lord would hear him in opposition to his enemy, defend him, even judge the enemy. So who is the enemy? Is this written early in David's time? As then it would be about King Saul who's chasing him and seeking his death. Uh, What would give well to that would be That section, verses 10 through 12, as Saul sends his soldiers after David, they're all looking for him, so that's the plural, right? They close, they have surrounded. But then it intensifies in verse 12 to he is like a lion, so it goes to one attacker. Perhaps Absalom, late in David's life, could be the same. Another source of potential conflict here would just be David's many battles, as he is, in a sense, a warrior king. And so the Philistines would be a good example of an enemy that he fought against. It could be those. Um, That would fit better than Saul with verse 14. You fill their womb with treasure, um, satisfied with their children to leave an abundance. That's back to speaking in the plural of this enemy, whereas we had just well, for verses 12 and 13, narrowed in on just one individual. So it's hard to say um, precisely because we don't know. We just don't. But there's some options for you. Now, as we look at this, hear a just cause, O Yahweh. Uh, David obviously decreeing that his 
cause is just. If he's fleeing from Saul, um, then in that case it is. He is anointed by God to be king. He's only done what the king has asked of him to do. And Saul is in his own sinful madness um, seeking to kill David in jealousy. So that would be fitting. Again, if this is a an enemy nation, perhaps, um, perhaps David could use such words then to attend to my cry. So hear my prayer. And that's what the next phrase says. Give ear to my prayer from lips free of deceit. So David is not lying here as he sets before the Lord his case. This is a, this is a truth. This is what is happening. Let your presence from your presence, let my vindication come. So David is not seeking revenge on his own, but he is entrusting that to the Lord, that the Lord will repay, the Lord will seek vengeance. Verse 3, David acknowledges that God tests man, that God knows uh, the wickedness of man. God knows the individual. He knows the heart, and he has tested David. And David has purposed, so he is seeking, he has planned that his mouth will not transgress. This is a good thing to do. As Christians, we are to purpose, we are to plan to not sin, right? We are to plan to keep God's commandments and to do what is honorable and just and right. Doesn't mean it's easy. It doesn't mean we'll succeed, but we are to seek to to follow the Lord's way. So, with regard to the works of man, by the word of your lips, so God's teaching, God's commandments, David has learned what is what it means to be violent, and he has avoided these things. That's an interesting phrase coming from the one of whom it is said that he has slain his tens of thousands, which is what made Saul so jealous. This instead is a reference to just the evil things that men do the violence that we commit against one another as we seek through our greed and our jealousy and our lust to do for ourselves whatever it is that we're looking for. So David claiming, verse 5, that he has followed in the path of the Lord and his feet have not slipped. I'm not so confident. I don't know that I could speak that way of myself. Um, But I can speak confidently as David does in the next section, in verse 7. Wondrously show your steadfast love, O Savior. That I can speak with confidence because I know that depends on what God has done. And I know what Christ has done for you and what he's done for me. And that's his death on the cross and his resurrection. That he has forgiven our sins. He was steadfast. He was faithful in loving us to the end unconditionally. For God so loved the world, right? John 3.16, that he sent his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So we call upon God, knowing he will answer, that he will hear us, because he has promised to hear his people. So we seek refuge at his right hand. And as we talked about, is that just yesterday's psalm? Yeah, it was yesterday's psalm. Uh, Jesus is that right hand. He is the Savior. He is the right hand. He is the one who has steadfast love. So he grants us refuge. He saves us from our enemies. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Um, I hear this as a idea basically of the pupil, like the center. Don't let me, well, I guess in a sense, then don't take your eye off of me. 
the idea here, focus, intention. Instead, contrast, hide me, protect me in the shadow of your wings. Whether the Lord has wings or not actually here does not matter. Um, But the Lord, like a, a mother hen, would guard her young. Jesus uses that picture about Jerusalem in the Gospel of Matthew. Protection. If we are in the shadow of the Lord, it means we are close to him and he will protect us. He will care for us. From the wicked, so protect from the enemy who is seeking to harm him, to kill him even. And as you get to, I mean, really the next paragraph as well, but a conversation with your children, what enemies are attacking you? Who is seeking to do you wrong? Who is it that you can actually pray this prayer about? This is one we probably don't often look at or pray. I mean, David's about to ask God to fight against this one, to attack this one. But you can pray this prayer. This would give you some insight into what your children are struggling with. What do they see as those who have surrounded them, who seek to cast them to the ground, that is to destroy, right? They have set their eyes, they have a fixed plan to destroy. They don't show pity, instead they lie in ambush, waiting to attack. In contrast, David calls for the Lord to confront. So, Protect me and fight for me, right? That's the call, which is the same as verse 2. Let my vindication come from your presence. Let the Lord do this. And again, this is the picture that we have of Jesus as he delivers our soul standing in between. Standing on behalf of us sinners taking our sin upon himself, dying on the cross to deliver us from sin, death, and the devil. He confronted our enemies. He subdued them. And David is praying this prayer. He's praying it against specific men. We can't again know specifically who those are. We had some examples. But we can pray it too. We can pray it in the earthly sense against our enemies here, but we can also pray it in the, in the eternal sense. As we think of, again, what Christ has done for us, protect us from those that would seek to destroy our faith. Deliver my soul, O Yahweh, from men of the world whose portion is in this life. Verse 14 is going to contrast with Psalm 16, verse 5 and 11, as we see this portion is in this life, where verse five yesterday in chapter 16 Yahweh is my chosen portion of my cup you hold my lot so for the faithful for the Christian God is our portion he is our lot whereas these men of the world they seek their portion they seek their lot in this life they seek what is good from this world and it will fail them whereas we seek ours from the Lord which leads into the next phrase You fill their womb with treasure. And so, again, contrast yesterday, chapter 16 of the Psalms, verse 11, that God is our joy, right? He is our treasure. 
whereas here it's the things of this life. Their womb is their treasure, that is, their children, their offspring, that they can have in abundance, they can pile up a lot of stuff in this life, and whatever they don't consume themselves, they can pass down to another. They can leave that legacy. As Christians, that's not what this life is about. Now, we do know the children are a fruit of the womb. They are a reward from the Lord. They are good, a gift from God in that sense. But they're not the aim. The aim is Christ. Whether I have children or don't have children, the aim is Christ. Always, for all of us. Which is why, verse 15, David says, as for me. So it's different. I am not that way, Lord. I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. You might ask your children, what is he talking about? When will we see God's face? When will David awake? is a reference to death and the resurrection that David will die but he will be raised and when he is raised with his own eyes he will see God face to face in his paradise and that is true also for you O Christian dear brother or sister in Christ and we will be satisfied not with the portion of this world but with the portion that is given to us by Christ himself as he gives to us his very self And he calls us to rule with him over the new heaven and the new earth, the paradise that he is preparing for us. So, some good conversation points today about where our treasure is and that the Lord would defend us from our enemies. You can pray this prayer. It's generic enough against any sort of oppression or persecution that we would face in our life or in our faith. Not that we should distinguish those things necessarily, but the Lord is for us. And we can pray that he would hide us in the shadow of his wings as he delivers us from all of our enemies.